Hello there, welcome to episode number 53 of True Cult Pop. Lovely, lovely to have you with us. Absolutely lovely. It's me, Stephen Hill. I'm here. I'm doing a music podcast. That's what this is. You should probably know that by now. 53 episodes in, you should probably know that. I'm joined as ever. I wouldn't want to be joined by anybody else in the world other than the man, the legend, the myth, the friend of mine, the friend of yours, the friend of the show, the man of the show, the long, long the intro <laughs> that you are getting right now. doesn't feel like it's ever going to end, but it will. Don't worry, it will. We're halfway through now. No, it's Gaz Jones, everyone. Hello, Gaz. Hey. Give right yourself a round Fred. of applause. Yeah. Right to your Fred, he says. Absolutely. Absolutely. How you been, mate? You good? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm a lot better than I was a few days ago, let's put it that way. He's had the snuffles. I just, I'm not going into it again. No, no. Patreon.com forward slash true cop pop if you want to hear about... If you want to hear about my fucking ailments... Yeah. Just give us some fucking money and then you all, you can hear all about it. You all know all about it and more things. There are more things that I'll talk about in a second. Uh, Guess what I've just done, Gaz? I've just had an ice cold shower. Ice cold shower. Oh, really? Yeah. I I caught a warm one. I got in the shower and I was like, oh, it's a bit cold. I'll turn it up. It's not a competition, but if it was, you've won. I've got... Yeah, I've got heating. Yeah, so what happened was, it's not that interesting this, but I went to the gym about an hour before we were due to start the podcast. So I go to the gym, come back, jump in the shower, bada bing, bada boom, all fresh and lovely and ready. What's actually happened is I've gone to the gym, got a sweat on, you know, you don't get, you don't get this many chins without working out like I do. And I had forgotten when I went to put the fucking water on so I got cold water, cold water. Got in that shower, was not in there long. So the net result no. of that is, at the moment, wowee, do I pong. I smell. I smell really very bad. This really? might be the worst I've ever smelt whilst doing a wow. podcast. So a little bit of history wow. being made. What a funny story. How do you feel about that? Well, I'm, I'm really glad I'm, you know, best part of 200 miles away from you right now. I can smell something. It's me. It's definitely it's, me. It's it, it's Steve. It's Steve. It's all right. I'll Sorry about that, everyone. Sorry. Sorry about that, everyone. And I tell Sorry. you what, when I smell, I really oh, smell. It's, God. It's fucking, there's victory going on <laughs> uptown and downtown. <laughs> oh, look, you know. So I'm freezing and I'm smelly. That's how you start a show, oh. I think. I think we got the podcast title right there. Things can only get better, is what I'm saying. So listen. We're starting a new thing this week. Every month at the start of the month, during the first show of the month, we are going to look back on all of the releases that we listened to over the previous month. And Gaz and I are going to run through 18. Actually, yes. Is it 18 or 16? It's quite a few. Say 16, 15. A lot. A lot of albums. We've got a lot of records to get through. I lost count. I lost count after like 13. Yeah, it's a lot. So we will be talking about a lot of music, but it's a month's worth of music condensed into one show. And they will be, obviously, we're not going to be here for a really, really long time talking about them. It's going to be a bit of a shorter thing. As I mentioned, if you want to go over to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash True Cult Pop, you can sign up for our exclusive content over there. If you think, oh, I'd like to hear more than just them talking about 18 albums. On Saturday, a Your Cult Pop about the debut album, self-titled by Mr. Bungle, is going up. Me and Gaz had a big old chat about Mike Patton and his mad ways. It's good, wasn't it? Oh, he's a bit crazy, isn't he? He's a nutter. Oh, he's actually a nutter. I know. He's Ooh. actually a nutter. Oh. Right nutter. <laughs> what 
disrespectful way to talk about the greatest vocalist of all time but of all time yeah yeah, mm. yeah. it's good fun though oh brilliant it rekindled um a long lost love mm. for mr bungle mm-hmm. it's been a while it's been too long as it turned out yeah it's good mm. you should have a little listen to it go and sign up mm. and also sign up for our five pound tier Every other week you get a podcast, might be a classic album, might be a beginner's guide to something, might be a listen through. Somebody wants us now. Well, we you kind of mentioned it and we did have this is this is how easily swayed I am by online discourse. One person went, Oh yeah, person. I'd like that. And I'm like, Whoa. <laughs> they're they're clambering for a listen through. Yeah. Right, we're doing it then. Tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. It came up because somebody we talked about potentially doing a listen through of automatic for the people uh after we did our where to start beginner's guide to rem on the five pound tier which was excellent listen to loads of rem over the week it's been glorious i just think they're one of the best bands yeah they are pretty much one of the greatest bands of all time mm. well, one of the greatest bands of our lifetime i think that is unquestionable they are one of the greatest yeah. bands of our lifetime that's what i said at the start of the podcast and i absolutely stand by it so if you want to know where to start with rem what the classic rem material is what the underrated material is what to avoid to hear their albums ranked in their entirety from worst to best we do all of that over on patreon.com forward slash true cop pop i got i got a very angry uh, text message from uh, mike collins hi mike he's very angry was he <laughs> yeah why yeah well, I think it was the well. I think it was the fact that I picked a certain album as my classic kind of softened the blow mm. for the. Um, it was a bit annoyed that we gave around the sun a bit of a kick, and I was like, "Mate, we had to pick one. Had to we pick had one. To, you know, I don't think for a spoiler. I, look, I, don't <laughs> I think, think it's common knowledge, really, isn't it? That, um, well, I didn't uh, give it a kick in. I didn't give it a kick in at all. No, I just I, said I it's the worst. I, think I did. You, you yeah. were. I'm much more. I listened to it before we started. Mm. It was the last thing I listened to before we started. Because I wanted to be sure. And I am sure that it is the worst R.E.M. album. But mm. at the same time, spoiler alert, I'm giving away all the stuff we're supposed to pay for for free here. But it's not a bad album. Because R.E.M., again, spoiler, they don't really have an album that you go, that is a stinker. An absolute no, no, no. stinker. Doesn't exist. No. So. No, it really doesn't. You can find out more about why that's true, like I say, on our Patreon page. Go and sign up. Hope you do. Let's move on to what we like to do every week discuss the songs that have been stuck in our head Gaz you have picked I think both of us this week have picked brilliantly ridiculous numbers <laughs> go on I'll let you go first well I um, I woke up with this song in my head what a racket oh <laughs> I don't know why I, I don't even not even sure why because I haven't seen I haven't seen Rocky 4 in a good while aka the best Rocky film let's be honest about this if you're of a certain age yeah you know it was the one that was always on telly when I was a kid it was always Rocky 4 it was yeah the one where he ends the Cold War and communism and he does yeah don't hear anything about that anymore do you luckily it's all gone now isn't it thank god (laughs) ancient history yeah thank god for that Um, yeah I, I woke up with um, the track that kind of um, soundtracks the um, the second montage mm-hmm. scene, the one where he's sawing wood. 
yeah. you know, uh, back to basics, with, and then and then doing like bench presses with like Adrian and his trainers and and Pauli on the on the the <laughs> you know the wagon thing. Oh, it's just. I even now I'm just like, oh, I was listening to it in the van on the way home, and I'm I'm just screaming down the A one with the window down, going Drago, Drago, <laughs> looking like a fucking mentalist. Um, yeah, this, well, the song is "Hearts on Fire" by John Cafferty mm. and the Beaver Brown Band. Apparently. Don't know who they are. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Really doesn't matter. It was co-written by Vince DiCola, who was like the go-to guy for all fucking 80s synth rock soundtracks. Yeah. And boy, is this one of the most uplifting songs ever written. I really admire John Caffey and the Beaver Brown Band for fitting an entire discography, an entire career into one four-minute song. Genius. Where where else are you going to go after that? I was like, I think we're done here. Okay. Literally the, the most OTT shit you yeah. have ever heard. If you think 100 Gecks are OTT, right? They <laughs> sound nothing. like Neil Young compared yeah. to this, right? The drums, yeah. the synth, yeah. the rugged oh. man voice, the kind of chattering solo stabs, the fake bass lines, the fakest bass. Yeah, is that, Electro is, is that bass. Kind of, yeah, pop. That sort of, you know funk poppy kind of boom, bow, boom, dunk, dunk, and all that going on but it's, it's blatantly like a synth bass or synthesized bass goodness but me but then when it goes to that middle bit with the, all the, the mad fucking what, boom, boom. keyboard and the kind of like marching drums and then if you if, you know if you think it can't go any it can't it can't go any higher it can't it can. do it then then comes the key change the key change the inevitable Fucking God. The inevitable but still somehow surprising key change in this song yeah. is brilliant. You think, oh, that's the end. That's the end. It's like James Brown. He's gone. He's going off. So he's not coming back. They've put a thing on him. Oh, no, he's thrown it off. He's back. It's a key change. Mate, this song is absolutely just fucking brilliant. And you, you're right. You can't listen to it without seeing Sylvester Stallone doing sit-ups in a log cabin yeah, in the snow. Running up a mountain. <laughs> With the KGB getting stuck in the ice in their little <laughs> shitty larders. <laughs> Should have uh, had an off-road vehicle, lads. It is really, really great. I have the Rocky Four soundtrack on Same. vinyl picture disc. Wow, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a classic. I, I think it's... Oh. I, it is a future. Can we do that as a future classic album? I Steve? really I think, think you can do Rocky. The Rocky Four soundtrack yeah. would make a great classic album. I think. See if you can track that, down these many unlikely people that are on this. I yeah. mean, what, there what are a few Robert, on there. Ro- Robert Tipper was it? No Easy Way Out. Yeah, and you mentioned Vince yeah. Cola. I mean, yeah. Go Wester on it as well. Yeah, Gladys Knight's on it. Gladys Knight. Yeah. James Brown obviously is on yeah, it. Yeah, mentioned James Brown. Uh, brilliant soundtrack. Absolutely Two Survivor brilliant. tracks. Two Survivor one, tracks. One just isn't enough. <laughs> I know. I mean, that is a bit like Huey Lewis in the News and Back to the Future, isn't it? With the second one, you know, when Huey Lewis and like yeah. the Power of Love comes in and they go, "Well, we've done the song," and they went, "You did two, did you? Ah, huh? you did. You did two songs. So we've got the first one. Where's the second one?" And they just went. Oh, back in time, didn't they? Is that not the same song, Power of Love, that you did? No, 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 Diff- totally different song. That's what the Survivors, it's it's I, the Tiger, and then the 
the tie the tie of the eiger or something. <laughs> the eiger <laughs> the burning heart of a tiger yeah <laughs> the liver of a lion <laughs> the no, no it would be the nose of a panther wouldn't it or something like that anyway yeah, yeah rocky four soundtrack excellent absolutely excellent it's pretty mad that'd be a, that'd be a fun one to do at christmas i think it would it's a classic album yeah we can do that it's a bit silly at christmas isn't it but mm-hmm. what have you picked well i've done oh. something just as silly in a lot of ways i've gone for the lead single from uk pop star betty boo's 1990 debut album boo mania doing the do which was released on the 7th of may 1990 got to number seven on the uk yeah. singles chart actually got to number three in australia betty boo the uk's greatest ever import or export yeah. i should say export, <laughs> export yeah. i should say import import yeah she's uh. definitely very british i mean this is i mentioned hyperpop this is hyperpop yeah. 30 years before hyperpop in a lot of ways yeah, yeah. yeah. it, it yeah. really is i mean yeah, last time I was very impressed, Betty. You're right to say that. And I still am. I, I, I think this is a proper, like, lost classic of uh, an early 90s pop song. It's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. It's got all the stuff. And she's almost sort of bordering on that kind of indie cool factor that you yeah. just sort of go, what? You know, Shampoo would come along in a couple of years and the enemy would be like, oh, yeah, Shampoo are great. And they didn't really do that for Betty Boo. She does the same sort of thing. It's like shampoo, Daphne and Celeste, tattoo, all that kind of stuff. Betty yeah. Boo's like the mother of all of those artists, I think. She's absolutely brilliant. Like, this is a killer song. And a bit of rap in it as well. Great. Yeah. It's me again. So how did you guess? Because last time you were really impressed. I'm colder. I'm not going to do the rest. They, they all had them all like... Uh... So our first hit was with the Beatmasters, Hey DJ. Yep. I can't dance to that music you're playing. Brilliant. Uh, where, where Are You Baby after this, which mm-hmm. was great. It had that kind of sort of 60s, like Barbara Elevich. She was everywhere in the summer of 1990. Boom, I remember during the first first lockdown, I bought um, bought my girlfriend the, the album on vinyl because I think it was it was around the time that Top of the Pops top of the Pops reruns were on 1990. Yeah. And obviously she was everywhere that year, man. She was always on Top of the Pops. And she was like, oh, yeah, I forgot how much I loved the album. I'll, I'll, you know, get all of the album for you. And the album's actually really good. Like, the second side of it is, like, kind of... It's just, like, pure acid house. It's front-loaded. All the singles are at the start, obviously. Mm-hmm. But the second side, too, it's just, it's just like, acid house. It's wonderful. And she's great, man. You know, Baby, a.k.a. Alison Clarkson. Because she wrote, like, loads of... She wrote songs to, like, Girls Aloud, uh, Danny Minogue, Sophie Ellis Bexter. Yeah, she's done lots of stuff. She's she's a, it was like yeah, it was like it was like you know another Kathy Dennis. You think oh, it's a pop star. Oh, what if it happened to them? Mm-hmm. They went behind the scenes and just started pumping out songs for tons of artists. Genre wise, it says on Wikipedia: dance pop, pop rap, and hip house. Hip house. Hip house. Hip house. Nineteen ninety of genres. It's hip house, guys. Like um, Technotronic featuring Felly. Yeah. You know, that's hip house. It certainly is. Fucking yeah. brilliant. Also, I'm not I'm not ashamed to admit it. Betty Boo, one of my first crushes, I reckon. Same. Very, very attractive lady. Yeah. In the early nineties. I don't know what she looks like now. That's not me going like, oh she's really pretty nice. much the same. She, she had really a new album out last she had a new album out last she year. She did. That's pa- what apparently it was apparently it was really good. Apparently it was really good. I remember the reviews. Well like it's pretty good. Not listening to that yet. Might have to listen to that. Really mm. love doing the do. 
very, yeah, very good. And if classic. you've not heard it, it's a fun time. It is a fun time. Right. We, little... We, sorry, before we go on, mate, we've collate, collated all the uh, Earworm of the Week uh, yeah, we songs have. on a handy playlist. And we'll mm. stick them out, man, because... Um, I was listening through that playlist today. It's a fucking, it's a cracking fucking it is, playlist. It is it's, a great playlist. It's up to about an hour and, well, two hours and 40 minutes or something now. It's fucking just banger off the banger. You haven't put the Muttier Groove Armada song on it there, have you? Is that on there? Because I listened to it the other day and I was like, when does it come? I put it on shuffle. I was like, when am I going to get Muttier? Fuck, I, I don't think I did. don't think you have. Yeah, we, I don't think I have, mate. So, you know. It's going add, on there now. Add that onto it in a little bit. It'll be out of sync. It'll be out of sequence. That's all right. but be all right it's yeah. all right just put it on random right now it. a little bit of news quite big news actually you two yes i'm gonna talk about you two new song first of all let's talk about songs get that bit out of the way first they've got a new song out called atomic city you listen to that Kaz? atomic city no. okay fine no. uh it's quite Britpop. pop you might like it oh is it yeah honestly honestly it's quite it is Britpop. it is quite brit pop uh, it's yeah. got a bit like razor light guitar wise Oh fuck off! It, it, well, <laughs> Why I, would I like that? Well, because it's you two and it's not razor light. I give him a longer fair. rope, <laughs> don't yeah, you? Yeah, fair. Come on. Okay. What era of you two can you? Is it comparable to? Oh, not a good one, really. Oh really? Not a great. We can one. leave behind. Look, or... yeah, maybe oh, something like that. Right. But it's more like oh. it's it's genuinely more like a kind of indie landfill song from the two thousand five. He's pulling a face, and he's right to pull a face with the way what I've described it. The thing is, the last decade of stuff they've done, that thing they did for the Sing soundtrack was fucking rubbish, or te- absolutely terrible. So Awful. this is a slight upward trajectory, right? And it mentions like, oh, you can see you're in the Atomic City. You can see Vegas. And I was like, so you've actually written a song about the fact that you're doing some gigs in a place, which, you know... uh, good things we're talking about i don't know anyway they started this vegas residency yeah, that they're doing yeah. right that footage is fucking acting baby outrageous absolutely unbelievable and it's gone kind of yeah. viral i guess you'd say it's gone viral because the venue is mad the venue's called the sphere i mean look i would like to go because i'd like to see you two doing acting baby yeah. i'd like to see him do that anywhere really but certainly yeah. like mate the Sphere as a venue looks nuts. It's taken shit to... I mean, look, you think Muse had a big telly. This is... The whole think, thing is a telly. You too had a big telly in 1997. Yeah, you did. Hanging there, <laughs> Volkswagen Beatles above the stage and all that kind of stuff that they were doing. <laughs> Phoning up Bill Clinton. and oh, Sam Salman Rushdie when I saw him. Was it? Yeah, they phoned up, Sal- yeah. up all sorts of people, didn't they? Yeah. But this is... Uh, to give you some actual information about the sphere 366 feet high 516 feet wide its broadest point it is the largest spherical building in the world at 875,000 square foot including seating for 18,600 people all seats have high speed internet access maybe I'll get one of them so I can play the new FIFA online which I can't do it's not called FIFA anymore anyway but yeah, go on. Sorry, what you say? No, no. It's, it, I, I remember hearing that on another on a, another podcast. I, um, there are other podcasts out there. They're rubbish, but you know, pop, pop collaboration, <laughs> obviously. You know, I was listening. I think uh, word in your ear. I was kind of like word in your ear. Just right. too, just too. It's a bit like us. Just two old men just moaning. Lovely Brilliant. stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah, they were talking about the high-speed internet access. I was like, oh, thank God. I was worried there for a minute. Yeah, you wouldn't I want wouldn't to go to a to gig. Tweet. Yeah, you wouldn't want to go to a gig and not be able to be on Instagram the entire time. So uh, it's got a 16K resolution wraparound LED screen that measures 160,000 foot. That's mad. And it's the largest high-resolution LED screen anywhere in the world. The exterior of the venue features 585,000 square foot of LED display space, which can feature holiday themes with the sphere depicting a Halloween jack-o'-lantern, a Christmas snow globe, for instance. It says here, that's not a great bit of language. No. Or writer English, I should say language, on the Wikipedia page there, but whatever, we'll, we, we'll crack on. And the ex- interior and exterior screens were manufactured by Seiko Technologies, a Canadian company, blah, 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 blah. I, it looks absolutely mad. I mean, at the moment, yeah. you two are the only artists to have played there. Mm. And apparently on uh, tomorrow night, as we, well, today, if you listen to the podcast day, it comes out. Darren Aronofsky's Postcards from Earth is going to be debuted on the Sphere Experience demonstration to just wow. show the capabilities of the venue. It has taken sort of music venue to a whole new place. I've got to be honest though, Gaz, I'm actually... A little bit, I know, see, we came up in the 90s with grunge and it's funny talking about REM and the comparison with U2 the other day because REM just used to walk on stage, basically, didn't they? Play their instruments, play their songs, and then they mm. fuck off again. And in the 90s, it felt like that whole big kind of Kiss Ozzy Osbourne, Boombastic, sorry, that was Shaggy on it, but that big Bombastic, I should say, show, it sort of went away for a little while, right? So it went away and everything was just yeah. very small and, you know, like, go and see the band basic. and, yeah, basic and Pearl Jam have never really gone in for that sort of thing, right? Yeah. And I didn't really realise how much I missed it until I went to see Pearl Jam where I, where I was like, oh, I, I'm not having to constantly look around at a million dancers. I think there's something to be said about going to a show and it being completely stripped back. You go to this and would you even watch the band? Because there's so much other stuff going on. It's, I find it hard to think how one would connect with an audience with so much other, you know, so many other things happening, distractions, and so many like yeah. these. Like, it, it's sort of overkill a little bit. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm being a bit like, hmm, about it, but it seems like it'd be a lot. It's a lot in it. It's a lot. It is. It, it's almost like a band playing is almost like incidental because I mean, obviously now concerts are, they're not concerts anymore. They're experiences, right? Yeah. You experience a product and apparently this sphere thing, it's like, it, it, it's, it's like 4d as well. Apparently mm. there are smells, your, your, your seat vibrates and all this kind of shit going on. God, imagine um, if you went not- to go and see like, discharge and it was the smell of di- you wouldn't want that would you oh yeah what vomit and special brew cider and, <laughs> and cigarettes yeah <laughs> and prit stick <laughs> no i think it'd be more bostic than it would, it? Yeah, it <laughs> i don't think you can get high off prit stick steve fucking hell i think it's a it's a gateway drug in a lot of ways yeah fair, yeah. fair. it did smell nice mm. I, did, I did like the smell of prit stick yeah um but yeah, it's I mean, the footage that I've seen. It's probably the same video that everyone's seen. The yeah. one that went viral. It does look amazing, but you know. Um, and it's 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 a guy sort of he's up pretty high in the gods. I guess I'm guessing like I don't know three quarters of the way up, 
and you can sort of see the stage like down way down there you know and it's just like obviously you know incredible fucking visuals going on you know you're in the desert you're in space and blah, 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 all this kind of shit and it's almost just you know people are kind of forgetting that there's the you biggest, too yeah that, oh look see that band playing down there can you hear that noise because I, I think they're playing the fly mm. like in the in the clip that i saw yes, I think that is my favourite U2 song. It's a great I song. I fucking adore the fly. I adore the fly. They can't play it live for shit anymore, unfortunately. No, but... no they can't. Well, they can. It's just he can't yeah. sing it anymore. And they're one of these bands that seems to refuse to drop the key. Mm. You know, it's them and ACDC that just steadfastly refute. Nope, we are playing it in the key it was written in. I did see them playing a bit of Even Better in the Real Thing, which sounded much better. And again, the visuals for that were just overwhelming. Yeah, it was too much. Yeah. When, when when I go and see a band, I want to... I'm there to see the band. Mm. I don't really kind of care about anything else. It's cool to have to all listen. the other stuff. But I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah, within reason, I think. It's it's almost like... I mean, how much further can they go now? I always thought the the kind of music experience, right, was almost like, like the full stop. It's like they can't get any more fucking preposterous than this. And now, obviously, you've got this and... Is this going to be a kind of business model now where there is going to be a sphere in every major city in the world? Like London, I could see it being an, inevit- an inevitability because, you know, I think it's, was it like three grand or something per ticket to go, yeah. to go and see? I mean, look, know, I, I looked into that the other day because I was like, the thing is, is they're probably going to extend it, this tour. And they're oh, probably so. going to do it for another two years and they're probably going to make 50 kajillion pounds off it. They're, they're already saying that the likelihood is you two. This will be the biggest grossing shows anyone has ever done in history. If you two decide to keep taking up their residency of it, which it looks like they're going to do, which means two more years without you two anywhere else in the world, two more years without seeing the Acton Baby shows in stadiums around the world. Everybody has to go to Vegas to see it. Uh, you know, I'm not really. Uh, that's a bit annoying, basically. Like, I can't afford to go to fucking Vegas and spend three grand to go and see you two. Unfortunately, I'd love much to, as I would I'd... like. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Anyway, yeah, you're right. I think it's all the videos. I was just like, "Where are you two? Where actually yeah. are you, even are they? Why aren't Why aren't you two on the you know on the big telly? They don't have much of an ego. They're not really interested in that sort of thing, are they? So the edge is fair. The edge is fine. Um, well, your mum's cataract glasses, Lib. <laughs> right. This is not Bono. It's Bono. Right, okay, I've got it out of my way now. I oh, know, you've done it. Next. Right, let's get into it. We've got loads of bloody albums to talk about. This is what we're going to start doing every month. First show of each month, we are going to do a big roundup of all the stuff that we heard, we listened to, had recommended to us, that we want to talk about throughout the month. There are a couple that have come out before September, to be honest, towards the end, we're stuck towards the end, but it's only because we didn't get around to doing them before. Somebody suggested to me, like, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. All that stuff, all that good reason for not having spoken about an album but we're going to do that right now we're going to start off what we're going to do usually is myself and gaz will pick an album of the month our favorite album of the month luckily on this first one we've picked the same album haven't we who would have thought who would have thought that two 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 guys in their 40s picking something that sounds like the beastie boys absolutely (laughs) mad no one could have predicted it it's joe valance and bray 
would be the September album of the month. Punk Tactics, the debut album from the youthful hip-hop duo. I have spoken about Joe Valance and Bray a fair bit over the last year. Saw them at Reading Festival in 2022 without really knowing that much about them. And I was massively impressed. Ever since then, I've had my little beady eye on them. Saw them supporting Biscuit. I thought they were brilliant. I think all the singles that they've been releasing from Punk Tactics have been brilliant. I think that at Reading Festival, they were probably my favourite thing. And it got to the point at Reading where I was like, you know, when you see a band enough, you're like, I know these songs. I now yeah. know these songs. So when the album dropped, it wasn't like hearing these songs for the first time. It was like being greeting a kind of pen pal or something. Do you know what I mean? Like someone that you'd only ever spoken to over Zoom or on video or like over the phone on FaceTime or something and you actually meet them in the flesh. I absolutely love this record. The Punk Tactics title track that we spoke about before is a banger. Really, really brilliant. Is it the best song on the record? It's damn close, but nothing really drops at all on this album does it it's all it's all good all good what are you saying about this one guys i mean the title track is one of my tracks of the year it's you know it's pure kind of you know check your head vibes um 90s street level hip-hop even down to the kind of nasal you know mike d delivery yeah it's all there um you know, samples like Assault Your Ears, old school scratching and sirens. It's just like something from a history book. Mm -hmm. But so fucking fresh, you know. Um, it's just it's this glorious fucking piece of, uh, of ear candy. You know, Drops does have a classic drop. You know, Start a Fight is like chasing status with a public image baseline. Yeah. Kill, Kill Bill is fucking great. Pure Tarantino worship, you know, with like, you know, 2023 um, kind of pop culture. Uh, street pizza just Punk rock. communication it, it, yeah it's just like heart attack man mm. it, it's like when, when I started I was like oh, okay this is their this is their you know attempt to you know heart attack man um, club sandwich is it's just like licensed to, licensed to ill era with a 2023 twist this is one of my albums of the year straight instant I've been looking forward to it since I mean, I'd never heard of these guys I think it was it was one of the shows you were doing earlier this year. I think it was when, when Tom, Tom Dare was a guest. Yeah, yeah, with Tom. And you were just like, oh, you know, oh, I'm going to talk about an earworm. I haven't picked anything. Oh, okay, I'm going to talk about Joe Vallis and Bray. I was like, oh, okay, I never heard of him. You know, went on went on to the iTunes. And I was just like, what the fuck me? And immediately, I was sharing it with everyone I knew. I was like, listen to this. You will, it's, it's the fucking Beastie Boys. Oh, it's so good. It's, I would I would chuck in Gumdrop as well. It's just the yeah. daftest like most marshmallowy, silly, bouncy pop yeah. punk yeah. banger that you've ever heard. It's yeah. brilliant. Like you say, start a fight is really it's got loads of like hardcore bass in it. You know, yeah. fucking pizza, um pizza street pizza, sorry, not pizza street. Street yeah. pizza again, yeah, like pure fucking heart attack man vibe. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. Everything on this sounds like something else. But yeah crucially it sounds like something no one else is doing for the last yeah. few years i've been really up on hip-hop i think hip-hop has been great hip-hop is mm. in in a place where it is either for me a bit crap and a bit throwaway and mm. a bit moody and i'm not really into it or when it's great kendrick lamar dave 
go back to like that last run of Jules album. What, what, whatever you want to want to chuck in as like the you know even No Name was about recently. More Mother last yeah. year. There's there's loads of stuff which is brilliant, right? Little Sims. It's not that much fun. Like as good as it is, it's not always that. It's very much. serious. It's very, very it's, serious. It's serious and it's artistically challenging and it's you yeah. know like someone as loyal Karna again like that's deep subject yeah. matter right it's brilliant yeah, yeah, yeah. brilliant amazing music One, yeah. but for the first time in a long time this is a hip-hop album which is just so much fucking fun like them supporting Limp Bizkit makes so much sense I know people might be yeah. like huh, about Limp Bizkit but it Fuck they are they are great this is definitely the best thing for me that we're going to be talking about this month there's some really great things that we're going to be talking about yeah. this is Wicked, like you say, up there with my favorite albums of the year, unquestionably. Yeah, definitely. Unquestionably. I haven't, I haven't stopped listening to this in between gorging on REM and you know whatever, you know, Cannibal Corpse and things like this. <laughs> Kylie, you know, yeah. I was just like, I, I just want to listen to that Joe, Joe Valance and Braham again. Mm. Get your punk rock tactics. <laughs> it's so good, and I'm proper gutted that I missed them uh, when they played. In yeah. the UK, doing little shows, yeah. they played the Brown Door in Brighton. Yeah, they did. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was, I was up somewhere else as well. I was having an iron about going to that, but yeah, life got in the way. It was just, was yeah, stuff got in the way. But yeah, excellent album a month for me and Gaz, Jay Vance and Bray, Punk Tactics. Right, the National have a new album out as well. Feels like only yesterday that we were talking about the National. It's called Laugh Track. It's the tenth studio album from the US indie rock band, following Hot on the Hills of first two pages of frankenstein gaz and i reviewed that earlier in the year we both loved it i think that is a great great record this has kind of come hot on the hills of that record and i believe it's meant to be some sort of follow-up some sort of sequel to this record even though Hmm. a lot of it has been written and created in the aftermath of the sessions that led to first two pages of frankenstein uh for me First Two Phrases of Frankenstein is probably the better album of the two. But I really love The National. I really do. I think they're very, very good. And here, as usual, they are very good. Yeah. What do you reckon? Um, you know, second album of the year from The National. And who the fuck do I think they are? Guarded by Voices. <laughs> or the Fool. <laughs> the Fool. Yeah, or The Fool, yeah. Um, I mean, it's, you know... Yet again, kind of wonderful, kind of baroque indie rock with a kind of nihilist twist. I mean, this year was the year that the the, the national kind of finally clicked with me. Yeah, which I'm really ashamed to say, because um, I should I should have always liked the national. You know, enough people. I mean, like I was saying, uh, I think on the, I think it was uh, page uh, on the REM special. Like the the more the more times people say to me, listen to this, listen to this. You've got you will like this. The less I'm likely to listen to it because that's the sort of prick I am. Like I said, you know, I've, I've never seen an episode of the Game of Thrones, and I love that. <laughs> it just seems to, it just seems to wind up people so much. But you're not missing much, I don't think. But no, no, I know. Well, well I don't know. According to people, I am. <laughs> you're not. I'm like, I'll, I'll just watch an old episode of the old Dungeons and Dragons cartoon, and that just makes me froth with fury. Just watched <laughs> Willow. Just Willow yeah. with tall people and boobs in it. Basically, that's what it is. I think. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. But anyway, um, you know, the title track. It, like, you know, it's a wonderful duet of Phoebe Bridges. Um, it's just, it's just beautifully kind of bleak. Um, but it, it seems like they, there seems to be a lot more kind of like 
spare of the moment, more like improvisational stuff on this album that was compared to the one that came out earlier this year. It seemed, I, I, don't, I don't know if a band like The National can actually have fun when they're recording. I don't think they're that sort of band. Yeah. But it just seemed like there seems a bit more kind of sense of like off the cuffness to the songs that are on this bit more kind of breezy mm. maybe it seems more like a national I, I i really like the kind of new orderisms of the last album i thought i gave it a little yeah. bit of a different twist this is just yeah. for me another very good uh national album i would say in terms of a best track i'll try to pick the best track for the things we're talking about coat on a hook i absolutely love i think the yeah. opening track is brilliant as well but the arrival of roseanne cash i mean you mentioned some of the guests phoebe bridges is great bon Iver is great on it but the Arrival of Roseanne Cash on Crumble, I think, yeah. is absolutely beautiful. That would be my highlight of this record. I think it's very, very good. Although I would, if I had to, and I don't, luckily, I would probably pit for Thirty Pages of Frankenstein over this one. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd be the same. Yeah, I'd be best track on this is uh, I think Weird Goodbyes with Bonnie Bear. That's really beautiful. Good. It is beautiful. The National being good, basically, standard. <laughs> The Armed, Perfect Saviors is what we're going to talk about next. The fifth album from the US underground Oddities, the follow-up to 2021's Ultra Pop album, which upon release, I absolutely loved. But I have to be honest, I've not gone back to it. I've barely ever gone back to Ultra Pop, and I kind of raved about it at the time. Yeah, and it's not stuck with me at all, really. And Why? I don't know. I just, I, I don't know. I just haven't listened to it. I just haven't gone back and listened to it, really. Mm. I sort of forgot about it. I think maybe when you're that noisy and you're sort of trying to do poppy stuff, like uh, kind of making noisy pop, which is ultimately what they want to, they want to kind of bridge those two extremes, heavy, harsh noise music and really poppy pop. Mm. I don't think they maybe had the songs on the last one. I don't really know. Ultimately, this one, I think, is much more accessible. And that has put a lot of people off, as I understand it. It's been a bit of chat about it not being maybe as chaotic and as extreme as their past releases. That's actually fine with me. I think that pop element they've always tried to harness. This should have been, I think, what the Queens of Stone Age album that Mark Ronson did sounded like. <laughs> I would have liked that a lot. And I do like this. You know, I think it's I think it's really good. If I was to pick a track, Burn Mind, I think is really good. Loads of kind of cool throbbing bass and slacker vocals with like big drum freakouts as well. But crucially, it's quite catchy. And there's a lot of stuff on this, which I think is a lot catchier and a lot more palatable than their previous releases. I'm not sure it's going to make me change my mind that much about The Armed, who I think are really, really good, but maybe not something I'm super interested in. But this is good, this record. Yeah, it's not too bad. I mean... I was I didn't really know what to expect because I I haven't really listened to any of their stuff before. Um, it's kind of I don't know jarring, kind of glammy, electro, stompy kind of indie rock, I guess. Um, and pa- patient minds probably my favourite song on it. Um, it's kind of the thing that I wish the Arctic Monkeys were doing in twenty twenty three. You know, yeah. But that Queens of the Stone Age Mark Ronson thing you were talking about—that's a really good shout. Mm. Because that should have been brilliant, that album, and it wasn't. No, it was absolutely fu- it was it was fucking rubbish. Rubbish. Pretty rubbish. Yeah, Vatican under construction is pretty good. That's because you know, kind of massive like electro rager that would go down a fucking storm at festivals. Modern Vanity, you know, it's got 
kind of half inches the uh, the nine inch nails drum loop from closer. It does. Start. Yeah, I I noticed um, that as well. Yeah, there's there's a bit of Bowie in there. Uh, I can see the enemy fucking frothing over this album, but they haven't. Funnily enough. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, it, there you go. It's decent. This I think it's pretty decent. I've sort it's of right. lost interest right. a little bit in the arm, to be honest. But you know, that's fine. I've, I'm doing some reading. I was just like, probably the early stuff's a lot more kind of mathy and yeah. chaotic. The early and, stuff is blah, much you know, screamier. Yeah, yeah. But that's fine. They change. They're allowed to change. Perfect savers oh, by the arms. It's it's still. I think this is good. I like it. I do like it. I think when it's good, it's good. It's just different. You wanted to talk about Spunky by Girl Gang, didn't you? Yes, I did. Oh, my giddy gosh. <laughs> Shit is happening with this band. They're on the front cover of The Enemy this week. They are. Uh, uh, um, yeah, the, the album, um, yeah, Spunky, um, got released on uh, Tracked Animal Records, uh, a.k.a. the greatest indie label in the lands, Ooh. run by a very good, very old friend of mine, Joel. Hello, mate. Um, this is, I mean, I, I, I said, when I said I, I want to bring this into review and I was like, this is, this is a proper bit of you. You'll like this, Steve. Mm. Um, you know, f- fizzy kind of Indonesian indie pop. Um, it's got urgent and it's got like electric kind of energy and zeal. It's, it's 25 minutes in length. It's everything. Like to me, this is, this album is everything that the wet leg album wasn't. The wet leg comparisons are very very clear right and yet yeah, they are this is but they shouldn't be a comparison because wet leg are a bit shit and this is fucking great this is much I, I do i do quite like that wet leg album this is mm. definitely better right this oh, sounds yeah. more like bikini kill it's got an anger to it it's much more scrappy yes. that wet leg album was all a bit kind of pleased Sh- and happy and showy and it was you know it was fine like, I, I liked some of those songs but yeah this has a lot more in the way of actual anger and frustration and yeah. you know it's like a 90s call yeah Sleater Kinney the Vaseline's Bikini Kill PJ Harvey yeah yeah Bikini Kill um it's it's fucking great mm. this is an essential listen if if there hadn't been Joe Valentine Braid, this would have been my my album of the month. It was an absolute fucking slam dunk. There's a bit where um, one of them says, "I'm the singer says I'm a useless condom," and I've written "Take that wet leg" after it in birthday yeah. song. <laughs> I think the title track, yeah. so it's called Spunky. I think ty- the title track and Cool Girl back to back is when cool it Girl, really brilliant. pops off. They sound yeah. great on that. Yeah, this is yeah. this is well good. This is well. They're, good. Um, apparently they're going to be playing South by Southwest. Um, okay. Uh, whenever that is, later this year, early next year, whenever South Bus. And um, they're trying to get them to basically stop off for a, a couple of nights in London en route so they can do a gig in London. Okay. That would be very and exciting. If that happens, I'd fucking, yeah. Because it will be somewhere small, like the fucking Lexington or mm. something. I guarantee it will be somewhere small. And it'll be fucking amazing. So Spunky by Girl Gang. Definitely. You might have seen him getting a little bit hype. I suspect yeah. that will get bigger. Right. Stone by Baroness. So, the sixth studio album from Georgian Metal Band? We call it Baroness and Metal Band. I don't know anymore. The follow-up yeah. to the 2019 album Golden Grey, an album that, again, much like The Armed, quite polarising. And again, got a very good review for me at the time. And again, I've not really gone back to that much, although I think there are some genuinely brilliant standout tracks on Golden Grey. There are 
tracks to cherry pick from Golden Grey that I think are absolutely brilliant. Brilliant. And this is more of that move into, I guess you'd say, I mean, to say it kind of goes into punk, post-punk territory, there's some big riffs on this. It's riffy. Yeah. It's me- It's kind yeah. of metal, classic metal. Not even kind of, what did the Baroness used to be, that kind of stoner, sludgy, sludgy. metal. It's, me- you know, very yeah. tight and taut, kind of Celtic frosty metal riffs on some of that. Yeah. Not a problem to me. Neither is a post-punk thing, in theory, anyway. I have to say, this is why it's been quite good to do this within a couple of weeks this album coming out first time i listened to this album i hated it i was like what is this big old bag of fucking boring wank this is and it's really grown on me a lot i look to be perfectly honest with you all i think it's something of a step down from baroness at their best this ain't purple this ain't the blue album this ain't yellow and green right it's not and some of the riffs are really good. Some of the weird stuff is weird and good. For me, the best track on it, Choir, is uh, going into the dirge. Sounds really kind of almost extreme metal cult-like meets the cure kind of thing. I really, really like that as, a, as an idea. I'm still, it's still sort of growing on me. I like it exponentially a lot more than I did when I first listened to it where I was like I just think this might be a bit of a mess but it's probably not a complete mess it's alright I mean for me yeah purple is the benchmark for mm. for Baroness as far as I'm concerned Um, I mean they are they are an incredibly kind of consistent band one of the most consistent kind of metal bands of the 21st century I think They've never done a bad album, no. you know. But it's just, but it's just when their peaks are so fucking ridiculously high. Um, I mean, you know, last words. It's kind of yeah, effortlessly. I I love it. It's kind of effortlessly, kind of brilliant. Um, it's almost alt rock in scope. Mm. There are some alt rock kind of moments on this album, but I mean, what a riff! This kind of sludgy and beautifully kind of progressive. This is probably the most direct album they've ever done it's probably the easiest one to kind of you know if we were going to do where to start with you know oh, this don't know about that no, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't there. give this to, like yeah because I just don't think it's anywhere near as good as I like the production the production is probably the best this is probably the best produced Baroness album because as much as I fucking adore Purple I'm not a fan of its production a lot of people had a bit of a bee in their bonnet about the production yeah. of those last couple of albums yeah I wasn't I know that's a thing it, but uh I know it shouldn't matter, but no, no. Well, look, if it sounds like shit to you, and it sounds like shit, and that's going to sort of negatively affect your feeling towards the album. I look, I don't. When I first listened to it, I was like, no, I don't care for this. I now mm. think it's pretty good, and I think bits of it are good. The, the weirder bits have really grown on me quite a lot. I just think it's not. I'm not sure it's actually their strong suit. I'm not sure it's actually the thing that they're best at doing, Baroness. Do you think their moment's gone? In terms of what? In terms of artistic, creative output? Well, no, it's in their moment in the sun. Or the, in, As in like people, you know, because obviously, you know, the Grammy nominated and stuff like oh, that. And yeah. it was just like, you know, on, on the front cover of Kerrang! Yeah, and all that's stuff, gone. It's just like, yeah. It's long gone. That is yeah. long gone, I think, unfortunately. Shame, really. yeah. yeah. Anyway, it's okay. Stone by Baroness. Um, I'm probably going to say, I feel like I'm being a bit, bit grumpy about some things and going oh their old stuff was better but 
Stephen Wilson, the Harmony Codex. Oh. Ah, boo. Oh, why? Why has he given up on the Trevor Hornisms of the last album? So Stephen Wilson's returned to prog in a sort of electro way. It, this is a shame, right? 2021's The Future Brights remains my second favourite album that Stephen Wilson has ever been involved in. Wow. It is fucking brilliant. And it's the 80s synth pop one. It's even got a member of Spandau Ballet on it. I yeah. love it. It's personal shopper with Elton John. And personal yeah. shopper with Elton John. Brilliant. Yeah. Right. I mean, and this, right? It's good. It is good. And I think his fans are going to like it more. And I think it's good that he's decided to do something different. I mean, this is essentially like a kind of prog album meets craft work. And it's more ambient-y, electro-y stuff. But then also, I mean, Impossible Tightrope, particularly the second half of Impossible Tightrope, which I think is the best song on the record, is very Floydian. and there's a lot of kind of Pink Floydy stuff on it, which I think is, is good. And he's been good at that for a long time. Yeah. I just wanted one more album of 80 synth pop, really, and I'm annoyed that I didn't get it. Sorry. Let's put on the last Tears of Fears album. I should do that. You want that? Well, yeah, that's great. See, I'm gonna, I'm couldn't disagree with you anymore, mate. I think this is fucking wonderful. Yeah, absolutely fucking wonderful. I've been looking forward to this for a long, long time. Um, you know, it's got technical electronica perfection. See, I think there's still quite a bit of kind of that Tears for Fears kind of sophista pop. It's in there. It's in there. It's just not, it's not very songy. It's not very song orientated in the same way as the last one was about big hooks, uh, massive. Yeah, so, and this is, I think yeah, it's a bit fair. more kind of ambient downbeat. Yeah, but I still difficult. think it's got groove to it. Some of the songs got almost like a Donna Summer kind of groove to it. Like Giorgio Ramoda. Maroda, sorry, kind of groove to it. You know, and all kind of Dave Gilmore sweeping guitar vistas. and. Mm. I mean, yeah, Impossible Tightrope is is the best song. Yeah, it's really a good. fucking towering achievement. You know, Radiohead meets Vangelis. <laughs> I think this is utterly, utterly superb. And the man is a fucking genius. He's definitely you very know, good, yeah. The guy, the, the guy, I think, pretty much single-handedly made not only prog cool again, well, pretty, probably for the first time ever in this country, <laughs> but also made it a legitimate kind of art form in the 21st century that could sell serious fucking units that's true yeah he's great Stephen Wilson like he is great and this is just me going because I was not excited about the future bites because I wasn't really I like I thought the raven that refused to sing was brilliant and then Hank cannot erase people like you know look, look, I really liked Porcupine Tree but I was in a place where I was like do I need this sort of thing like yeah you know fine Stephen Wilson like whatever I maybe took him for granted a little bit and then that last album came out and I was like oh my god this is the shit. And I thought, maybe he's going to do that forever now. And obviously he isn't. And he probably shouldn't, he right? But mm. yeah, like for me, it's a, it's a stylistic decision that he's made, which is less yeah. appealing to me. That's all. I'm fine with it. Being a Marillion fan. Of course. I'm fine. I'm fine with this. I'm absolutely fine with this. I bet you are. Are you fine with this? That's the Harmony Codex by Stephen Wilson. Are you fine <laughs> with the love yeah. album Off the Grid by Diddy P. 
P. Oh. P. Diddy, Puff Daddy, Diddy. I think he's still Diddy at the moment. Sean Puffy Coombs. Did he? Did he do that? Mm. No, he didn't. Did he make a good no. album? No. Uh, no. Only the fifth solo album from hip hop <laughs> superstar mogul Puff Daddy P. Diddy. Diddy. Mm. Which is mad, really. Absolutely mad thing. He's only put out five solo albums. It's actually the follow-up to 2006's Press Play, officially. Which is great. I love that album. It's really good. I think that's a really good album. Don't even know. Okay. It's the one with him on the front cover. It's like blue and he's got glasses. Oh, you know, yeah. you recognise the cover. Yeah. Yeah, good yeah, album, yeah, yeah. that. That is a good album. Okay. And there were hints back then that this is where he might go. It's pretty weird that it took him 17 fucking years to go all the way there. But basically... Diddy goes off and makes a full-blown R&B soul album. In theory, what a good idea. What a good idea to get everybody involved, get everyone in there and it get, you know, Mary J. Blige, who admittedly does do the best song on the whole album, the song with Mary J. Blige, for me, comfortably the best song on the record. Sounds like TLC, really good. Mm. Mary J. Blige, Coco Jones, Ty Dolla Sign, Babyface, John Legend, Burner Boy, uh, 21 Savage, Summer Walker. Like, a lot of people on here. Fabulous. Buster Rhymes is on it as well. Yeah, there he is. There he is. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> first track's a banger. And then he's not on it that much, which is weird. He vanishes. He, fuck, he fucks off half. He does. <laughs> He just goes. I mean, the there's that song at the end with John Legend on. And you've gone yeah. like, this This is an hour and 23 minutes, this album. And it's seven minutes long. And you're like, oh, God, what are you doing to me? Endless, syrupy, soul ballads. And Diddy's not even on the majority of it. And you just sort of find yourself going, okay, you're not boys to men, mate. Let's Let's knock this on the head. It's no, it's not, it's not happening. It's not really working for me at all, unfortunately. No. I mean, it starts off pretty strong. You know, Brought My Love is, when that kicked in, I was like, okay, right, we're in. Good song. You know, it's, it's pure kind of, you know, B.I.G. 1997, you know, best, uh, you know, um, it's the sort of thing you'd see kind of, you know, blanket MTV coverage and stuff like that back in the day. It's got a not wicked groove to it, and like the soul kind of samples and stuff. It's 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 great. It's really really good. But then yeah, like he just fucks off. He's like, right, I'm I'm, I'm going down the pub now. Um, you're cool. You're cool. You're you finished right. my album right. off for yeah. me. So, yeah, you're gonna sort me out. Yeah, do me a solid. Um, uh, yeah, I'm going out. I'm going out to. Uh, I'm going down takeaway. Get some salt and pepper chips. Go go around back. go around J Lo's with a with ghetto blaster. <laughs> That's a long time um, since they've been going out, isn't it? Isn't it? Blimey. I mean, I was never a huge fan of Diddy even back in the day. I did like He Come surrounded himself with good people, right? Yeah, that that's the thing. Yeah. You know, that was the genius of him. That's the reason he got massive, really. Mm. Um it's just who the excuse me? Who the fuck is gonna buy this album? Who is interested in this in 2023? It's so boring. I mean, it sounds like it sounds like the late 90s, mm. but not in a good way. Not no. in a good way at all. It sounds like a sort of anemic version of the like. It sounds like a sort of SoundCloud rapper trying to make a 
a 90s soul album it's very yeah very weird yeah, it's anyway it's, it's so boring it's boring let's move on Ugh, probably shouldn't have even wow. covered it really the love album yeah. by diddy diddy yes he did should he probably not gaz hello talk to me about ash yay let's talk about the british weezer <laughs> oh and don't they sound like it here so this is race oh this goodness. is race the night this is the eighth studio album from northern irish brit rock legends ash to follow up to their 2018 album islands which i have not heard the last album i heard uh, not great islands okay twilight and innocence great. was the last one that I heard in 2007. Blimey. Yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah. That wasn't great That either. wasn't great. Hence why. So the lead single was all right. You can have it all. That was all right. But the, the album was poor. This is this is easily their best album since Meltdown, which is Ash's best album, I think. Oh, hello. Well, it's, well, see the Meltdown and Nuclear sounds. You know, Tim Wheeler is one of the, is one of that era's kind of great songwriters. He is a fucking great songwriter. The big riffs are back. Um... The, the big Weezerisms, like when you know when the, the album opens with that kind of twin lead fucking it's like Thin Lizzy crossed with Weezer kind of guitar willy willy kind of guitar solo and stuff it's just a proper fucking ray of sunshine just bangers on bangers and Oz, Oslo is probably their best ballad best since, song since oh yeah but yeah Oslo best song the best on the album on here. absolutely brilliant yeah, yeah. lovely it's, Ash ballad great yeah yeah they were always good at writing ballads, man. Mm. They were good at writing ballads. You know, Tim, Tim Wheeler, I will, I will die on that hill, man. He's such an underrated songwriter. Yeah, they've got oh, 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 Asher, great. Yeah, the mad thing is just like, you know, they released the Greatest Hits album after their third record. Yeah. Look at, it's mental. And even by that point, they had like 18 bloody singles or something. Was, and they were all bangers. All of them. Uncle Pat, Petrol, Kung Fu, Girl from Mars, Angela Scepter. It was just, it just went on and on, you know. Uh, oh yeah, um, just oh, just go from it's ridiculous. They have fallen here yeah. into chucking a bit of that '80s retro nostalgia in as well. I mean, look, you've got the neon artwork on the album. You've got some big synth yeah. lines on the first track as well. It's unmistakably yeah. brilliantly Ash. You know, lovely yeah. sugary melody, sun-kissed rock yeah. guitars. Tim Wheeler's love long. You know, Tim Wheeler never been the strongest vocalist, but he's got a really recognisable voice. Still makes them sound like they're 17 years old and they're trying to make the Blue Album with metal riffs and they, they and and plucking up the yeah. courage to talk to the pretty girl that they do. They sit opposite in maths and GCSE maths, right? Like, good for them. I, I really like yeah. this. I, I had a fucking great time listening to this. It's dead good. Yeah, it's great. It's just good fun. It's not going to change the world, but it's it's always just nice when... Because they were one of the few bands from that Brit rock scene that never split up. All the others split up at one point or another. They kept on going. Just kept on going and releasing stuff. Good band. And basically waiting for a big 1977 anniversary so they could go back to playing the big venues for one year. You know? <laughs> we're three years away, oh, guys. We're three years away. We'll yeah. all be there. Anyway, oh, <laughs> Race the Night by Ash is out now as well, as is this one. This is exciting as well, I think. World Domination by Blood Command, the fifth album from the Norwegian self-proclaimed death pop band, the follow-up to last year's Praise Armageddonism, which was very, very good. And you knew that it was going to be very, very good because everything that Blood Command do is actually very, very good. This album in particular, I think 
is particularly excellent. Like, I like everything Blood Command have done. I still would have to say Funeral Beach in 2012 would be my absolute go-to, the classic album. Since then, Cult Drugs is brilliant. Praise Armageddonism is brilliant. They've done a bunch of EPs. I really like all of them as well. This is the first one where I've been like, okay, this might have a shot at usurping Funeral Beach as the Blood Command album. Because there's something maniacal about this record. The songs are so short. You never know what you're going to get. They sound really heavy on this album as well. Really heavy. They get grindcore, hardcore mashups. You get some weird, like, hyper-pop shit. You get some weird, jiggy gangster rap shit. You get some weird, like, drum and bass-isms, but, like, nasty, gnarly, kind of Belgian Gabba techno drum and bass parts as well. All the songs are, not all of the songs, but most of the songs clock in under the two-minute mark. And they just batter you from pillar to post with all kinds of weird shit. And it's not like the Little Uzi Vert album where you go, well, this is a mess and completely incoherent incoherent mess. It weirdly works. It weirdly works. Um, I'm kind of bored of telling everyone how great this band are. Sort it out. I mean, for me, <laughs> it, it, the best track, I'll put Stay Away if you want a fast punk one. A plague on, The Plague on Both Your Houses if you want a really heavy one. Welcome to the next level above human. If you are Sam Slight and you like that Morbid Angel album, Illud Divinum Insanus, which sounds a little bit like, and Decades, if you're like me and you want a big Belinda Carlisle retro pop banger. It, this is great, this record. Great. This is one of the most exciting albums I've heard in ages. It was just an, just like Red Bull soaked to salt on me. I was like, ah. Oh. Yeah, you know, it's in and out. Every song's like a minute and a half long, two minutes or whatever. It's just in and out, done. You know, is it dream? Is it death pop? Is it hardcore? Is it metal? Is it hip hop? Who cares, man? I mean, it's such a ridiculous listen. It's like all brass one moment, then techno metal into gangster rap the next. It's brimming with ideas and invention. I fucking love this. It's really good. Absolutely love this. Uh, yeah, de- um, decades. That's the track. Oh, what a track. Oh. It's just like out of nowhere. It's like, what, what the fuck is this? I'm just like, we lead the same gene. It is, isn't it? It's exactly it what it is. Yeah. It's just this, out of nowhere. You've got this joyous fucking late 80s, early 90s fucking pop banger. It's just, wow. Yeah, man. This is insane. And yeah. What a band. Very good band. They've done a, they've, uh, they've upped the ante again blood command good for them world domination yeah. that's out now right um i don't know anything about this next artist that we're talking about really rj archer and the painful memories the album is called horseplay this is the second album from a cambridge-based blues rock band the follow-up to their debut album called hot mess from 2021 they have 71 monthly listeners on spotify so they are comfortably the most underground thing that we're going to be talking about today hence why yeah. i'm going to say i really like the opening track because the kind of retro rock, blues rock, classic rock thing, it's not really the sort of thing that I would need to hear that much. But the opening track, I was like, great, really raw and boisterous and much more vibrant than a lot of those rubbish classic rock bands that I have very little time <laughs> for. I wish it had stayed like that. Oh, fair. I think it gets better as it goes along. I mean, I mean the singer Richard's um, is a very old friend of mine I've known him since God I don't know, 1842 or something we've been in a bunch of bands together over the years I think he's a bit of a kind of musical genius really he can literally he can write anything 
I've been in bands with him where we we played like songs that he's really like hardcore punk. He's done slacker indie kind of Delta blues, and this is like he, he's like oh I'm going to do the Black Keys now with a bit of seventies country rock. Um, you know it's all kind of shuffling uh, shuffling riffs and like wistful melancholy. Um, I can't lose you. Um, has an almost kind of guess who like American woman kind of vibe to it. Do you want my love? That's the track for me. It's all kind of sixties kind of blues with an absolutely killer chorus. Um, just three lovely guys, very old friends of mine, and I think it's just a really good, fun listen. I like it when they get mm. raw when they turn them distortion pedals up a bit more raucous and they go yeah. a bit more garagey. Then I'm down. Anyone, pretty much, who does the slightly slow hand rock blues classic rock thing. I, I mean, even when you mentioned the Black Keys, I was like, yeah, I've not given a fuck about the Black Keys for a long time. So it's not like Fair. I think this isn't very good. It's just stylistically something which I've become a bit like, I just can't listen to much more of it. Do you know what I mean? No not shame fair. on them at all. No, no, at all. I, but, but I think it's because I haven't listened to any of that kind of music in a very long time. It almost kind of sounds kind of fresh. Yeah. Do you know what? I did. I, when I first put it on, I was like, because I saw what it was, and I was like, oh, blues rock band. And I was a bit like, oh, no. But when I put the first track on, I was like, oh, good. Good. This is good. And some of the slower songs, I started to sort of zone out a little bit. But yeah, every time they kind of up the ante i think people who like this type of music will really like this band i think the problem oh, is yeah. is that i don't listen to this sort of thing that much and so it's a bit yeah. more different but when they no, when they when they go for it and i think 71 listeners we can certainly hopefully get them we'll get them a thousand let's say a thousand a thousand let's go and listen to a thousand anyway yeah yeah, if you like that type of thing, I think you they're certain I I take them over rival sons, put it that way. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. I'd say fucking top loader top loader over fucking rival sons. Oh, Speaking of yeah, which Yeah, you 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 and Jacob Reese Mogg. Yeah, Tory cunts. <laughs> Who would have thought, eh? <laughs> Unbelievable. I just Well I didn't talk about that, we don't have time. Anyway. Nah, fuck it. I'd say, we need to know the country. RJ Archer and the Painful Memories, the band are called the album's called Horseplay. Go and have a listen if you like the sound of that. Right. I thought Blood Command would be the maddest shit that we were going to cover, right? Kareem Bailey Ray, Black Rainbows, right? Hear me out here, right? Hear me out, because I know some of you going, Kareem Bailey Ray. Well, we've got all fucking Radio 2 here, Kareem Steve. Kareem Bailey Ray. This is the fourth album from the UK singer-songwriter. The follow-up to a 2016 album, The Heart Speaks in Whispers. I've not heard that. In fact, before listening to this record, I only knew... Girl, put your record on. Your and I, I never liked that. What a tune, though. I never liked what that. I never cared particularly for that song, I've got to be honest. Really? Not really, nah. Not really. And so I was just like... What's wrong with you? I was like, okay, Kareem Bailey Ray, you can exist over there in with all those other things which I just won't ever listen to, right? That's what Starbucks core, I call it. Yeah. Yeah, the sort of, shop the sort of thing you would buy with a big bag of beans, coffee beans, a big bag of like gold blend, gold blend, gold blend. <laughs> <laughs> not gold blend. You can still find. <laughs> you can still find them. <laughs> anyway, anyway, look, listen. Someone said to me, I can't remember what it was now. Someone said to me, "Have you heard the Kareem Bailey Ray album?" And I went, "No." 
Why would I? Why would I have listened to that? Is she still a thing in 2023? Yeah, and they went, you will really like it. And I was like, re- re-, I was like, what kind of music do you think I'm into? So I decided to listen. They were like, she's made an alternative album. So I decided to give it a listen. And th- this is excellent. Yeah. This, is, this is absolutely excellent. This is a really yeah. unusual mix of like rock, shoegaze, all yeah. smashing pumpkinsy stuff, electronic ambient weird things, some really, as you might expect, some nice singer songwritery moments, actual garage rock, and all the kind of weird ambient electronica. It is, it's really good. This really good. Where the f- where the fuck I, did this come I from? I have no where idea. Where did this come from? I'm like, who saw this coming? This is the this is the, this is blowing my mind. Probably more than any other album this year. It's, I'm like, what? When you were like, Corinne Bailey Ray, we were reviewing it. I'm like, oh, wow, okay. I didn't know she's still a thing. All right. You know, this isn't the safe coffee shop music that I remember her doing from way back when. You know, jazz, Afro, funk, electronica, rock. You know, songs that are just kind of pure kind of catharsis, but also just erupt. This fucking rage, you know, erasure, 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 erasure. Fuck me, erasure. It's just fucking PJ Harvey post punk banger. It sounds like the fucking Stooges. Yeah. What? What? I mean, I I think that's cool. That song, it's great. But I think you get to like New York Transit Queen, which isn't as as heavy, but it's better. I mean, hand claps, fuzzy bass. Dude, this album's great. He will follow you with his eyes, man. That's the one. That's pure, like, smoky jazz. You know, or you can almost hear the finger clips and, yeah. you know, smell the kind of cigarette smoke. And this is the fucking audacious comeback. A fucking audacious yeah, it's comeback. It's really... What What the fuck? She's obviously used her lockdown time very wisely and has been listening to a lot of cool shit. Honestly, this is not like the Ian Bill podcast where there's a big, like, it's a fucking, <laughs> you go, aha, we made you listen to Kareem. Like, honestly, this album is really, really great. It's called Black Rainbows. Yeah. It's by Kareem Bailey Ray. Yes, that Kareem Bailey Ray. Maybe we're just ignorant to her back catalogue. It could yeah. be that we're just completely ignorant to her back catalogue. You, you might tweet us and go, yeah, she sounded like this for ages, but I knew that one song. Maybe that's my own fucking stupidity, right? But I did not know. I did not know. Black Rainbows, Kareem Bay Ray, really good. Let's keep it heavy and talk about Harm's Way, Common Suffering, the fifth studio album from the Chicago hardcore band. The follow-up to their 2018 post-human album, which I thought was pretty good. Pretty good. I've always quite liked Harm's Way. I know that they are a band that some people absolutely love. I think they've been pretty good for a while. I don't have a particularly high desire to listen to music like that at the moment, if I'm honest, unless it's really, really good. It's been melded with some other really, really good shit. And this, for my money, is certainly the most interesting thing that Harm's Way have, have done, I think. It is brutal. When it wants to be brutal, that opening track with that mashugary, polyrhythmic, pummeling riff, you know, is great. The vocals are so brutal and really good. And if your singer's listening, uh, I think you're really great, mate. And I definitely don't want to fight you because that guy makes Brock Lesnar look like fucking Pee Wee Herman. He is massive, (laughs) that guy. He is massive. So whatever you want us to say about it, mate, we're saying it. But there's much more to it than that. These kind of ambient passages. Again, electronic breaks, dream pop stuff, dreamy vocals, proper melody. 
Undertow with King Woman for me is the best track on it. When they go that sludgy post metal cult Luna thing, it's really good. I, I, I like this a lot. It's all right. It's all right. Um, I mean, it's just kind of meat and two veg metal for me. But it's done well. Even with all the other little accoutrements. Yeah. Well, I, I think, you know, it's got, a, you know, riffs check, breakdowns check, you know, sludgy anger check. I, I, maybe it's just because I don't really listen to this kind of stuff anymore. But the bits where it did kind of prick my ears up is, is the last track, Wanderer, is fucking brilliant. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's part of shoegaze, sludgy kind of post rocky kind of thing. You know, more of that, please, next time would be great okay yeah let, yeah that's when i was just like oh okay and the kind of yeah the sort of ambiently bits were good. i was like okay this is kind of a little bit different mm. you know i like it gave it two hours gave it two hours it gave it two hours yeah but you know i also mm. like the bit where they're just getting a big claw hammer and smashing you in the back of the head with it i quite like that as well yeah uh, that, that spirit song is a bit like nah, yeah okay yeah well to zone out a bit with that fair enough don't fight me though. Common suffering. No, you don't. You don't want to fight that guy. Fuck me. Common suffering by Harmsway is out now. Right. Okay. Here's one <laughs> that it's gonna be. You have to listen to this. Queen Degenerate by Snow Wife. Now I'm not sure if this is an album or, is an e- or if it's an EP. It's seven songs. It's 18 minutes, and it is mini a album. it's a mini album from the Texan hyper pop star. Right. This is the hilarious shit I've heard in fucking forever. Right. <laughs> it is mental. It is aggro. It's all over the place. It's great. She is <laughs> like is so Larry. Some of you will should I give a fly? Def- definitely hate this song. There's a song on it called "I Love Drugs" in capital letters. <laughs> right. I really want to get on the session with her. She sounds brilliant. It is so fucking Larry. Like some of you will hate this. I enjoyed it very very much. It is. Un- it, it, I think it's the most obnoxious thing we're talking about today and it's it's the only straight yeah. pop record that we are talking about right and it is mm. unquestionably the lariest most obnoxious thing that we're talking about uh, the first track is the best song in it for me hit it is cracking it's almost comparable I was saying that about Betty Boo earlier it's got the sort of thing it's got a, it's got a sick guitar riff it basically sounds like Lily Allen meets Scene Queen meets Charlie XCX. <laughs> that line, Jiminy Cricket, I want to slurp it and sick it. Sick it. You do you, love. <laughs> it's so Larry. It's so oh. brilliantly Larry. I love this. Some of yeah. you would hate it. Imagine if we reviewed yeah. this on Riot Act. It's the oh. sort of thing that he like but it would sound like me getting excited and then someone reading the letters from points of view when there was like a nipple <laughs> slip or something what mr angry from sheffield has written in <laughs> yeah this is a, nothing to do with art at all like but it's not it's it's good this is like excellent larry party pop it's well good it's brilliant just pure sass edgy fucking mixtape pop um, f- fuck. That's the track for me. <laughs> it's just called fuck. <laughs> oh, no, just there's no fucking middle ground there. You know, it's one of the best pop tunes I've heard this year. An unblinkered kind of exploration of sexual freedom mm-hmm. and pulls no punches. Absolutely none. 
you know, all night is an absolute disco banger. I mean, it just blurs, 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 loads of genres. It's fearless. It's magnetic. It's funny as fuck. Yeah. It's Larry. It's the sort of person that uninvited nightmare that turns up at a party that you you thought you got away with and they didn't realize they knew where you lived and they just come smashing through the front door yeah i would rather with, with a crate of wkd i would rather yeah. upset the man from harm's way than i would yeah. upset <laughs> snow white imagine she would fuck kick your bollocks to mars yeah. get your bollocks yeah. to mars that's what she'd do <laughs> That was really man. great. Queen Degenerate is called, and the artist yeah. is called Snow White. <laughs> she is, she is the Queen Degenerate. It's so good. <laughs> brilliant. Uh, brilliant. Something a little bit more our speed, I guess. Hundred Reasons yeah. live at Hammersmith, a live album from yeah. the returning Brick Rock. Brick Rock. Yeah. I always call it Brick Rock. Now I think you've got the pressure. Yeah, what's going Brick on, Rock mate? Heroes captured at their all-conquering show at the Hammersmith Apollo in March, which I wanted to go to. I didn't go to yeah. it. Unfortunately, I couldn't make it. You went, though, didn't you? Oh man! So you're in the crowd. You're on the... this album. I'm on there. You Where's my royalties? Oh, uh, I'm up in the gods when they kick in with um, um, silver. When it mm-hmm. all kicks in, and the whole crowd's going. It goes, yeah, full fucking darts crowd. <laughs> it was, you know, gig of the year, band of the year, comeback of the year, apart from Corinne Bailey Ray. Um, an, an album of the year? Not really, but fine. In with the shouts. Okay. No spoilers. Insane set list. It's the whole gig. Mm-hmm. And that set list they play is fucking outrageous. It is fucking outrageous i bawled my eyes out when they played falter i was literally sobbing that was just sobbing my yeah you know know, my girlfriend was next to me just singing along and i've just sat down we had we had i got tickets pretty late so all that was left was seats upstairs you know that's right and like it was it was just such a fucking surreal night a i you know i hung out with mike collins which was fucking lovely Mm -hmm. B, I hang out with Sean Lellington, yep. which is fucking gorgeous and lovely. I, C, I, you met I Grant met, Nicholas. I met Grant right. from fucking Feeder. Stops being an album D, review at this point, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, basically, it was just like it was the best nights that I've had in fucking ages. And D, um, I, I shared some adult, me and my girlfriend shared um, my McDonald's chips with uh, Ross from Symposium on the on the train home, and he got off in Hitchin because that's where he lives. Hitchin a ride, you could say. Hitching a ride. I think Billy Joe Armstrong. It was, um, it appreciate was, that joke. It was fucking great. They've they've not covered up the bum notes and stuff. It's just mm. a raw, yeah, they, raw they really fucking. Haven't. Yeah. But it, I, I don't. I really don't care. Yeah. Okay. It's a fantastic souvenir of a wonderful night. My vitriol played as well. Her hero played, and hundred reasons. I think. It, I mean, it's hundred reasons biggest gig since. Did David they get did to Brixton. Brixton? Yeah, I think they did Brixton back in the day. Yeah, okay. Well, it's easily their biggest gig since then. Mm. Uh, for a more measured review, a more kind of, uh, I guess. Uh, no one wants to listen to what you say about this. Okay. <laughs> Look, I'm not sure who needs this if you weren't there, right? It's not, Me. like you say, the bum notes are definitely there. It doesn't, it might, it kind of captures the excitement of the night. Live albums, they're always a little bit hit and miss. I've got the songs Good. already. They sound, it yeah. sounds okay. This is pure collectors, in it? It's pure, yeah. purely for I mean, collectors. Got, you know, yeah. Best track, yeah, Remus, compared, I suppose. Yeah, Remus, Remus, Remus Falter. Yeah. Um, uh, I'll, I'll find you. Mm-hmm. Um, 
All right. It, I'll I'm find you. On. It's brilliant. I'm moving. I'm, okay, I'm, I'm just, moving on. Are, you, are, you, are, you, are we done? I'm, I'm reason that. Okay. Because <laughs> I'll save it for classic album. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Uh, Cannibal <laughs> Corpse, Chaos Horrific, the 16th studio album from the Florida-based death metal legends, a follow-up to 2021's Violence Unimagined album, which sounds like Cannibal Corpse. <laughs> Guess what this sounds <laughs> like? You either know or you don't give a fuck. Um, I'm kind of in both camps. To be perfectly honest, I think it's pretty impressive that Cannibal Corpse can keep dishing out this level of absolute savagery this late into their career. I am not gagging to listen to endless, endless, endless Cannibal Corpse albums. Alex Webster's Man of the Match, as he often is, on the Cannibal Corpse albums. and He's a very, very good bass player. I think particularly there's a few times where you hear that bass thing that he does, and it sounds brilliant. Best track the one about the monster eating you uh whatever that is so yeah cannibal corpse sound like cannibal corpse you like this though don't you i do mm. i think this is great yeah can i shock you i like cannibal you know, corpse. there is some heavy yeah there is oh, i like cannibal corpse i need access to dixon's um this is when i've got cannibal corpse i don't really need to listen to any other kind of extreme music i've i've got the best I've, I've, you know I've got, I've got, I've got Dillinger. I've got Cannibal Corpse. I'm not really as interested in anything else. I'm just fine with that. Thank you. You know, I, I when Overlords of Violence kicks in, it kicks in with like a suicidal tendencies baseline, mm. or you know, a, a, it's it's got groove, it's got hooks. It's just a fucking incredible fucking opening. It's always shit in there to keep to keep little Gaz interested. You know, it's it's a pure fucking horror show. I mean, you know, by far the kings of death metal. You know, I don't think anyone fucking comes close. I know you can be like, well, there's... Yeah, you know. I, I I won't, but... Well, no, fine. Morbid Angel, yeah. I, I, you know, for me, you're going to... No, I'll, I'll, say, I'll, I'll take Cannibal Corpse over Morbid Angel. I just would. And I, I think George Corpse Grinder Fisher death. is a fucking legend. No, I'd still take Cannibal over Corpse. Over death? And, yeah, well, Really? Okay, and he's all, Yeah, he, he's a good one to follow on Instagram as well. He is, he's nice, isn't he? He likes stroking he's just, he's, goats and stuff, I think. Something yeah, like goats that. and collecting yeah. little kind of, you know, cuddly toys with his wife, winning him from those, um, what are those machines called with the... The, the grabber, the, the grabber. Yeah. 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 Should write yeah. a song about it. It's been quite metal, yeah. wouldn't it? But he pulls it out yeah. and it's like a zombie and they bite his dick off or something. Yeah, and blood comes out at the end of his cock or something. Yeah. Oh. But you fill in the blanks. Good stuff. They'll do that in two yeah. years' time. That's what they'll do. And there'll be loads of really good riffs and it'll be really brutal and it'll sound really good. But it will be something which I probably won't listen to more than twice. That's just the way it is. And the thing about Cannibal Corpse is, is that it all basically sort of sounds the same, doesn't it? And that's fine. You know, the Ramones did that. There are plenty of bands that do that. Motorhead did that. There are a bunch of bands that do that. And if you like that sort of thing, yes, they are very, very good at doing that. But I only need couple of um, albums to be honest chaos horrific is good though by cannibal corpse that's what it's mm. called two more these ones came out the last two they came out in june i think both of them and that's we didn't get around to doing them. the first one michael mm. by killer mckay the sixth studio album from the run the jewels man his first solo effort since rap music in 2012 that's a long time to go without doing a solo album but He's been busy. He's a busy lad. He's killing me, Kay. A little, little bit. Yeah, I think this might be one of my favourite hip-hop albums of the year. I think it is. Wow. I think it's up there. Like like I say, it's been 
you know, no name in now Joe Vance and Bray are really kind of up there. I think there's a, a tier below of stuff that I I really enjoyed. And then there's a bit of a gap with some of the other stuff, which I think is kind of all right. I think Michael sits in that kind of second tier where it's not actually that crowded at the moment. Um, getting Andre 3000 in as a guest, including a bit of doing a bit of trap mumble rap sort of thing on that, lads. You know, yeah. you do you again. Always good to hear him, though. Got a lot of the soul extrapolations that he's used over his career and which is dead good obviously that's never going to get old for me and like i say there are trap beats in there there are electro parts in there the kind of old school like big kind of boom bappy stuff in there as well and again much like as i've already mentioned with the blood command album like the little easy vert album which has become a kind of go-to for it's a bit of a fucking mess this still does feel very yeah. cohesive because it's so personal and it feels like the yeah. story that he always manages to weave throughout all of his music and the sort of very very honest personal stories that he tells are great i mean high and holy something for the junkies all those soul songs that are being reused and turned into mm. new songs are great i think slummer is hard work like it's a, you know some real brutal imagery on some of this right but incredibly soulful and yeah very very good album this very good it is really, really good. Um, you know, proper kind of autobiographical hip hop, which is a bit of me. And Motherless is that's powerful, yeah, man. Just really good. Yeah, you know, but you know, the story of like being raised by by his grandmother. Um, and yet, you know, it's, it's gospel, it's soul, it's funk. All the ingredients that a grown gaz needs. Um, scientists and engineers, man. It, it's always nice hearing Andre 3000. I think this is the best thing that Andre 3000 has put his name to in many years. Since he played I Hendrix. Think it's great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That's rubbish. Been out of this yeah, screen, thank it? you. Delighted yeah. it has. Hey. Were you the one person that actually saw that film? Then? No, I've just seen the one clip where he plays Sergeant Peppers Sergeant in Pepper. front of a bunch that... of people. Yeah. Thought he looked rubbish. Apparently, Hendrix, Hendrix's estate refused to let him use any. I know. So there's no per. There's no purple haze, no wind cries Mary, no fire, no hey Joe, nothing, nothing. Yeah, I'm not in a rush to watch that. I got to be honest. No, no, exactly. Fucking dog shit. Well, it could have been amazing. Um, yeah, you know, Killing Me K's flow is. I love the way you've called him Killer Me K as well, because he's obviously called Killer, me K. Killer Mike. But Killer Mike. we, when we reviewed Run the Jewels, it's a little bit of a throwback because uh, one of the yeah. Run the Jewels I called him. You know, I never heard anyone say LP before. I'd only seen it written down. And so I'm yeah. deliberately mispronouncing Killer Mikay's Brilliant. name because I've only ever seen it written okay. down. So it could be, right? Could be. Is he taking the Mikay? <laughs> he <laughs> might be, yeah. Billy Joel. Billy Joel. It's wonderful. It's, it's one of those albums that, like the No Name album, the more I listen to it, the more I'm kind of unpacking. It's only kind of been with me for like a week mm. and I'm really enjoying it so far keep but it's gonna take a lot more listens for me keep this keep on it no. mate keep on it it's no no I will well, I definitely will I definitely will yeah. there you go that's Michael definitely by will. Killer McKay aka Killer Mike mm -hmm. from Run the Jewels with Elp him and Elp innit 
As long as I'm going to start calling him. Do you want any help? Run, Do you want any help? No, I'm all right, thanks. Ruin, ruin, the, ruin the jewels, help. Ruin and the, Killer McKay. Ruin, ruin the jowls. Yes. It's <laughs> a <laughs> uh, band formed. There's a Ooh, Harry Redknapp tribute band. Chin. Speaking of chins. <laughs> Mahalia. This is the last one. Mahalia, IRL. Somebody suggested this album. This is the second album from the Leicester-born solo artist, a follow-up to her 2019 debut album, Love and Compromise. Not familiar with Mahalia uh, previously, I have to say. Came out a few months ago. Like I say, someone suggested it on Twitter. I apologise. I can't remember who you were. I couldn't find that tweet. And I thought I'd give it a go. And I tell you what, I'm really glad I did. Really, really glad I did. I think this is an excellent record. It's, again, you know, <laughs> we've done, basically done two soul albums, Puff Daddy and this. And yeah. this not only gets the gold medal, it gets the silver and the bronze as well. And Puff Daddy, yeah. I don't know, pulls its quad on the first <laughs> turn start, so it doesn't finish. Well, like a yeah, like De- well, like Derek Redmond, <laughs> eh? There's a fucking niche one for you. Fucking hell! <laughs> I was about to say, Google it. Don't bother googling it. Don't. <laughs> Just don't bother. Just accept uh, that. Yeah. It's, we're, we're both in our forties. <laughs> Derek Redmond. Derek Redmond. <laughs> Him and Phil Redmond. Uh. The Redmonds in it, and Amanda. The Redmonds. Um, what are we doing anyway? Yeah. So listen, <laughs> it's it's so 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 much better than the Puff Daddy album. That is not a particularly high bar, I've got to be honest. But uh-huh. you know, it's it's really cool. This it's great to hear Koji Radical rock up on a song and just be absolutely brilliant. He is yeah. brilliant. The other big guest is Stormzy. On November, yeah, I don't actually think Stormzy can keep up with Koji Radical if we're going on sort of bit for bit. Do you know what I mean? I don't think yeah. he can. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Mm. He's fine, but for me, you know, she is the obviously the the star of her own album, and there's some real real great songs on here. I think you know the opening track is really good. The bass on In My Bag is so great. She's just very very yeah. cool. There's a song on it called Terms and Conditions. I would say that is the best song on the record. That is an absolute banger. Like this is mostly quite kind of, I don't know, female empowerment led sort of strutty, but relaxing soul music. And she's very good. She's very good. But on Terms and Conditions, it gets a bit more dancey. I like it. I'm I'm into this. I think it's dead good. Yeah, same. I think it's, yeah, it's just, a lot of fun listening to this slick well-produced soul r&b this is exactly everything that the the diddy album isn't yeah this sounds fresh vital and alive with dizzy diddy this sounds like a fucking two-day-old dog shit mm. it's just there everyone's just ignoring it white. stepping over it it's got wow we go back to the 80s oh, yeah, now well, you never see white dog shit. Well, anymore, you don't do you? see dog shit as much we don't anymore, see, thank we God. We don't see dog shit, yeah, because people actually pick it up now, which is nice. Yeah, that is good. A cat yeah. shat on my. It's <laughs> not like Dr. Zeus, but a cat did a. Oh, cat, a cat started pooping. So I got my drive across the other side of my house. This is no way to end a podcast. But got my drive. I got it done. I got like shingles and stuff. I got my drive done because it was just yeah. like weeds and shit growing up. I got someone yeah. to do it, and there's a cat in the in the neighbourhood who seems to think it's his litter tray now. So he keeps pooing right next to, like, well, on not even next to, on my fucking drive opposite my house. I don't want to cat. Like, I have to, I have to 
do enough cat poo. Like, I don't need that. So that's some of... There you go. There's some poo out and about. Yeah. What? Even that's better than the Diddy album. Yeah. Which is good. Uh, Very good. It, this is great. It, it, in my bag is yeah, proper, like, infectious. Like, what's up? That's that's the song mm. for me. Big 90s vibes. It yeah, reminds yeah. me of, like, Michelle Gale or something. Which is not about, it's like, not, that's, you know, some people might be like, that don't bit. smirk at no, 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 I'm not having that. Do not smirk at no, that. No, no. Well, mate, that's the one that Koji Radical turns up on, and he's really yeah. great. He's just, I mean, yeah. he's always, he's just, I think he's just great. He's yeah, really good. Anyway. Yeah. Warm Melodies, Lush Production. This is, I kind of wish I had heard this when it came out because this would have been, this is good summer. summer vibes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is yeah, good. Great. IRL. Really, really good. By Mahalia. There you go. That's the last one. That is a bunch of albums that we've been listening to over the last month. Hope you enjoyed that. We'll be back next week. Not reviewing anything. You've got to wait a whole three or four weeks before we do this again. And good. My brain can't fucking handle it. Well, mate, just do it as you go along. Throughout, and you know we're doing it now, so you do the month and time. It's fine. It's chill out. It's... Go to patreon.com forward slash true cop pop. Sign up for all our stuff. We'd appreciate that. That'd be really good of you. Yeah. I uh, can't ask any nicer than that. I mean, I could, but I'm not going. Please. I'm not gonna... Please be nice. Please, please beg. do that. Beg yeah, it. let's beg. beg it, please, it. please do that. I would really like it if you did it. So please do it. 